We are diving right back into our hidden stressor series with our second installment. But here's a little backstory. I like to give an equation for achieving better balance, and that is to subtract unwanted stress and add in more modes of joy and self-care. And there you go, better balance. Now don't laugh, I know that there are many layers to this cry-inducing onion. Yes, sometimes when we look to removing unwanted stress from our lives, we may come up short as we don't even know where to look or how to start. Sometimes we don't, we're not sure of the areas that are causing our feeling of being stressed. So that's why this series on hidden stressors has been created. Over the next few weeks, we will uncover some topics that may unknowingly be the cause of your stress and are wreaking havoc on your physical, mental, and emotional health. Today, we are focusing on stress and body image. Ooh, there are so many layers to this topic. And it's one that I think can really creep up on us unknowingly. I feel that it's important to discuss this, and I believe that it really weighs on us, especially women, more than we care to admit. So with that, I am so pleased to welcome the founder and CEO of Virtual Movement Membership, Second Skin Society, Leanne Ruber, to the Juggle Is Real podcast. Welcome to the Juggle Is Real podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Gonko. I'm a career-driven mom of three boys who went from burnout to finding balance, and I am on a mission to help other parents enjoy the juggle of work, family, and everything in between with a little less stress and a lot more ease, joy, and fun. What do you think? Are you with me? Let's get started. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. As I mentioned in the intro, we are moving right along in our Hidden Stressors series with the topic of stress and body image. And we have the founder and CEO of Virtual Movement Membership, Second Skin Society here. Leanne Ruber is here to share her insights with us. A born leader, Leanne has really stepped into this role as the founder and CEO of a virtual movement membership that is taking the world by storm. Starting with the foundations of movement, Leanne quickly expanded her business by offering educational tools and coaching around mindset. Specializing in workplace wellness, Leanne saw barriers in accessing movement that she could remove the gaps in and industries that she could fill. Leanne is a true creative, a strategic expert, a big thinker, and she will encourage you to do and be the same. Now a sought-after speaker, a workplace wellness expert, a disruptor in the fitness industry, and a thought leader, Leanne is excited to see where Second Skin Society will take her next. She has been quoted as saying, the world is full of infinite possibilities, and I am committed to continued expansion for both myself and my business. Leanne, welcome to the Juggle is Real podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you. Why don't we begin? Um, why don't you share and tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Okay, so I am the founder and CEO of Second Skin Society. We are a virtual health and wellness platform. We work, uh, the majority of the work that we do is with corporations in helping their employees with health and wellness in the workplace. Um, and from there, everything is kind of stemmed into a whole bunch of different branches of the business. I do strategic consultation. Of course, I love doing podcasts and interviews with people. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey in the business so far. Oh, that's so amazing. It's so great to see what you're doing. Um, you know, this, this podcast episode is part of a series on hidden stressors and through all of your experience, why do you think it is that, that body image is a hidden stressor for so many of us? Okay. Why do I think it's a hidden stressor? Because I feel that most people are still unaware of how society has really tainted our view of ourselves. Um, the thoughts that we have in comparison to what we see in the mirror, so the thoughts that we have of ourselves in comparison to what we see in the mirror, and then of course, taking those views or taking those visions that we see and comparing them to what society tells us we are supposed to look like or what 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 is a fit person or what is a healthy person uh, there's so many contradictory thoughts that are happening in that kind of cycle so between those three things so i think it's a hidden stressor because many people are unaware of just how much they're thinking about the way that they look every day and comparing themselves to others or past versions of themselves and really just perpetuating this cycle of i'm not good enough I'm not good enough. Um, oh, so yeah. deep. It can run really deep. Oh my gosh. Yes. And which makes me so happy to see how you view your platform. I read actually that you don't even use the word or the term fitness within your business. Um, but instead you use movement membership because you don't, you don't want us to feel like we have to change the way we look, the way our body looks in order to be able to access it and, and to be able to move. And I think that this is so powerful. Like it, it really blew my mind in just the semantics of it. Can you speak to how you came to this realization and how you made this decision for positioning second skin society? Yes. Um, a lot of it has to do with my own personal journey. So, um, you know, over the last 20 years, probably even longer than that in, in truth, I have dealt with all kinds of um, body image issues, self-esteem issues, uh, really, you know, kind of tying my worth to the way that I looked and trying every single thing. And I mean, everything out there. Um, as many of us did to try and conform to this one way of looking, which was then of course going to make us worthy and valuable in society. And unfortunately, the fitness industry and the term fitness, it has such a stigma attached to it. Fitness for many people is a look, right? You can look at someone advertised as a fitness model or advertising in that space. And you can also look at someone who looks completely different, their body looks completely different. And you can judge whether one person is fit or not based on the way that they look. That's the way that our society is. And it is so wrong. It is so, so wrong. 
And it, it really takes me back to the, you know, the things that I started to become aware of as I started to explore, why is this? Why was this ever established in this way? One of the earliest memories that I have when it comes to fitness was watching at home videos that my mom had. And there would be three women and they were, you know, dressed in the spandex and they were doing the Pilates or whatever it was. And there were always three thin women, but two would be more thin. And this, the third would be just a slightly different body type. And that woman would do the modifications in every single video. And it's one of these things that for years, I never, I wasn't aware that that was wrong or why that would be the way that it is. But it just goes to show how deeply this, this is really embedded in us, this way of thinking that a bigger body or a different looking body is less than, that they would need to do the modifications instead of leading the class. And when I, when I was putting together this membership, I was like, we need to be different because movement is for everyone. Movement is for health. Movement makes people feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually a lot of times. And it's not a means to an end, meaning movement and fitness should not be you do it to change your body or you do it to lose weight or you do it to get the six pack or you do it because X, Y, Z. It should be you do it because it feels good. You, it feels good in every cell of your being. And that's what I wanted it to be for us, for our community. And then, you know, of course, we've, we've expanded a lot of how we talk about movement, even in our classes, moving away from the term modification. Modification itself has a stigma attached to it. Instead, we like to say, here's option A, here's option B, here's option C. What does your body want to do today? Choose that option. You're not less than for choosing a different option. And that's again, you know, it's just all of these, these words, this terminology, this way of thinking is so deep in the fitness industry that I didn't want to tie ourselves to that word because it was so stigmatized kind of the more I got into it. There are so many things that you've said that have really just, you know, made me really, you know, just have a second look, you know, you know, the, the fitness series, you know, of my mom's, I can completely relate with that. And it just, you know, going over, you know, thinking about my own journey and, and what it means to feel well and to be in my body. And I've, it's been a process for me in, in, in realizing how I like to move and what, what feeling well, and, you know, just being healthy, means for me. And it is a series of so many different things, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, and it, it all combines, but your perspectives on how we, how we choose to do that and how we see ourselves is incredible. And you and I are both, um, a little bit familiar with the work of, uh, Dr. Dr. Maxwell Maltz, um, and, uh, the book he wrote psycho cybernetics. Um, so for those who aren't aware, um, Dr. Maltz was a plastic surgeon and he is famously known for his work in identifying the psychology of our self-image. So both in what we see when we look at ourselves in the mirror and then that image that we hold in our minds, um, how we see ourselves. Can you speak to this? And maybe, you know, this can be one of those reasons that 
it's causing a stress within our within our um, society today. So speak to us a little bit about self-image and that picture that we hold of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, this is such another, it's such a broad topic. And, and many things when I was thinking about this kind of came up immediately. But the, the, the thing that I've been really holding on to that I want to bring to everyone's mind is because this is about awareness, right? Once you become aware of these things, these, this way of thinking or these deep thoughts that are running in the back of your mind all the time that you're, you're not paying attention to, once you become aware, then you can start to take steps to, to fix them or change them or, or help yourself. And what comes up for me is the example of, and I know every single person as you hear this will have an example of this that, that, that they will recall in their own life. Think about a picture that you've looked back on where at the time when that photo was taken, when that picture was taken, you felt like it wasn't good enough you started picking it apart, you were judging yourself, you were thinking, ooh, like, you know, I wish this was different, I wish this was changed. And if today you were to look at that picture and look at it, how many of us have done that and thought, oh my goodness, I was gorgeous, I was flawless. What was I even thinking about in terms of like picking it apart? And that's just an example to me that so many of us can relate to in terms of what we see in the mirror versus what's going through our mind, that image that we're holding in our mind, because that picture was us and it never changed. But how we saw ourselves in the time and how we see ourselves today, that's the image in our mind. That's what has changed. So there's so, so much power in knowing that there is an image that we hold of ourselves in our mind and that we can choose what that image looks like, right? For me, I think about the person that I want to be or the, the person that I believe is my highest self, my best self, and I'm constantly discovering that person and rediscovering that person. This is a process. It really truly is a lifelong journey. When I think about who that person is, I'm not thinking about what size she is or how much she weighs. I'm thinking about how she holds herself. I'm thinking about all of the different attributes that she has. And it's interesting to me because when I think about that person physically, who that person is, um, it's easy for me to look at that person as beautiful because that's one of those pieces that's just kind of there in my mind, yet I'm not identifying how worthy she is to her looks. And for me, I think there's such power in that. Um, it's, it's, our bodies are beautiful. Our bodies should be respected and loved. I talk a lot about our relationships with our bodies and comparing them to relationships that we, we have with other people. Uh, which is maybe something that we'll kind of uh, touch on also. But our bodies are just the casing of who we are. Our bodies are holding our incredible souls and our brains and our hearts. And for me, the more I get into what that looks like, if that's the mental image in my mind, um, it's kind of like an automatic that my body, my physical is beautiful. I love, I respect, I trust, I appreciate the physical form of me that gets to hold the actual incredible person that I am in this layer of skin. 
I know that kind of gets off topic a little bit from where we were going, but it shows the power of our ability to choose in our mind who we want to be. And I think because there's such a disconnect between what we see in the mirror and what we see in our mind a lot of times, and again, it's coming to this comparison of what we're told we're supposed to want to look like, um, that's where the struggle is, that's where the stress is, that's where this contradictory thought comes in, and that's where people are really holding on to a lot of stress related to their, their self-image that they are probably not even aware of. Oh, absolutely. And you really, you know, hit the nail on the head with explaining, you know, that the first step really is awareness because it's true. Our bodies are freaking magnificent. The things that we can do and achieve and, um, you know, just in resting, there's so much happening that we really heal ourselves. We heal ourselves. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's incredible. And we really have to just come back to honoring that, I think, but, you know, we've been ingrained a little bit. So there have been, you know, external circumstances that have, have shaped us, unfortunately. So what do you think is the best starting off point in learning where we stand in terms of how we see ourselves? How can we identify what sort of image we currently hold? Like explain to us, you know, how do we, you know, better become aware so that we can improve? The, I think just having this conversation and taking in this information will make people more aware. Um, you'll start to, and as soon as you become aware of certain things that are, you know, I talked about that script that's always running in the background that you, that it's there and you're most likely not paying attention to it. Knowing that there is a script that's running in the back of your mind, just hearing me say that will help you to become more aware of what are those thoughts. And then the more you can start to, you know, I would say the first step is to gain more awareness. Pay attention to the thoughts that you're having. Pay attention to the content that you're taking in on social media or in, you know, on TV or the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Are they constantly talking about, you know, picking themselves apart or comparing themselves to other people? Um, Are you filling your mind with images of the people that you should quote unquote want to look like or be like? Just paying attention to everything that you are taking, which is your environment, everything that you are taking in is the first step in awareness. And, And honestly, for me, when I started to become aware of that inner dialogue that was running in the background, I started to really focus and and actually write it out and actually get it out so I could look at it, you know, kind of taking that step back and being like, wow, is this really how I feel about myself? And is this what I want to feel about myself? Because once you become aware, you get to decide if that's how you want to define yourself or not. And is it work to redefine? Is it work to flip that script and to change that that inner dialogue? Absolutely, but it can be done. I certainly have done it. I still do it on a regular basis. That It's that examination and re-examination of 
what are those things that I'm, that I'm telling myself? What is that content that I'm consuming and absorbing? Who's around me? Are they supporting my self-image in the way that I want it to be? Or are, they, or are they detracting from it? And I think for me in the business that, that I'm running, um, I mean, one of our greater missions is to change the fitness industry and to change society in terms of the way that we view or talk about our bodies um, and the importance of our bodies. And I, that's the real thing is the importance of our bodies is so much different than what society has told us that, that we should value our bodies for. Um, I think there's also, you know, now that we're seeing a lot of people that want to get into uh, a more body positive way of thinking, that's phenomenal. But there's also now contradictory thoughts between, well, this person has a body similar to mine and she's saying that I should just love my body, but I want to love my body and still look like this. There's a lot of things that are now kind of being stirred up in, in society in terms of body positivity or body neutrality. Um, that's probably a whole other episode. <laughs> There's like so many layers, so many layers, but really like it's when you look in the mirror, what are those immediate thoughts? If someone were to see you or, you know, if you're out with friends or, and someone says, you look radiant, you look beautiful today, or I, that's, uh, you look incredible. What, what, what's the immediate thought that you have? Or what do you say back? Are you saying, Oh my goodness, thank you so much. Or are you like, Oh, as if, or no, do you immediately start picking yourself apart? And yes, we can go into so many different paths here, but really the awareness is key. So thank you. It's such a great starting off point because once we're aware, then we can really begin to take action. And so many of us probably, probably all of us, I don't know, we've been exposed to weight loss culture, whether we were brought up in households with parents who were always dieting, or we've been affected by that value that you're speaking of that's placed in perhaps looking a certain way or what we see through mainstream media and in advertising. So sometimes it can be or feel difficult to overcome because there's so much being thrown at us um, in our external environment. So how can we learn once we become aware of it, how can we start to shift our thoughts to create more balance in the sense of how we think about ourselves and, and how we're treating our bodies and how we're choosing to move from, from the, the mindset of positivity versus being, you know, um, affected by what's going on around us. So the beautiful thing is that we do have the power and the control internally to decide what our thoughts will be. We really do. And I know that concept for a lot of people is really foreign. It feels very much like it's it, everything that we think comes from the external. And in the, the mass majority of cases, that is true simply because people aren't aware that they could choose to think different thoughts. So the first step is awareness. The second step is deciding what thoughts do I want to have? How do I want to feel about my body? How much worth do I want to place on my body? That's an internal decision, right? So really looking, and this is why I wrote everything out that was coming up for me as I really became aware of this inner dialogue and became aware of what I was surrounding myself with and, and the content that I was taking in 
Do I want to feel this way? Do I want to feel less than because I have more skin than I had 10 years ago, right? Or because the skin is, it looks different. I mean, our bodies are constantly changing. So of course it's going to look different. And especially as you go through so many things that, you know, I'm kind of speaking specifically to women at this point who have had children, your body, and this is, I, I don't have any children, but I know for you, your body, you would have seen your body go through so many different changes. Absolutely. And, and that's just one part. I mean, as we get older, we're going to see our bodies go through so many different changes. So when I think about it personally, I think about how do I want to feel about my body as it's going through these changes and how I want to feel about myself doesn't need to change as it goes through, as my body changes. I get to decide how I want my relationship with my body to be. So it's about the awareness and then it's about deciding what do I want those thoughts to be? How do I want to, to believe? What do I want to believe about myself? And you know, for me, one of the things that I tell myself every day is that I'm beautiful and I am. And I'm beautiful also just unattached to how I physically look. I'm a beautiful person. That's more important to me. And one of the things, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, one of the things that most recently I've been speaking with a lot of people about, especially as we're starting to come out of this pandemic and you hear a lot of um, people talking about, you know, weight gain over the last two years, um, which is interesting. That was kind of the first comment that came up to my mind when you had said, what would you say if your friend had said, oh, you look so wonderful. Um, many people, I know that, that that's kind of the first instinct is for them to be like, oh, I've gained a few pounds over the pandemic or, or whatever. Um, interesting that, that that thought process and that whole topic was um, highlighted throughout the pandemic was this idea of everyone's gained, you know, freshman 15, COVID-19 or COVID-15 or whatever you want to you call it. But for me, my relationship with my body has changed in that um, as, I re as I equate it to a relationship that I have with a partner. And if you think about your relationship with a partner, whether it's you know present or, or past, as you grow with someone, you're both growing as individuals and you're also both growing together or apart. Um, and probably both of those things together and apart through the course of your relationship. And initially, when you think about the love that you had for that person versus the love that you have as both of you as individuals and both of you together grow, that love, the definition of love changes, right? It becomes much more about the trust, the loyalty, the respect, uh, the appreciation, it becomes that love, the definition of love in a long-term relationship becomes much more about substance than when you think about your initial love for a person when you're in that fantasy type of, you know, sweeping you off your feet type of love. And I think a lot about that when I think about the love that I have for my body, that it's not about the way that it looks. It's about everything that it does for me every single day and that it shows up for me without fail every time I ask. Every time I want to stand up, it stands. Every time I want to walk, it walks. 
every time that I get hurt, it heals. It heals for me, you know, and, and coming back to giving birth. Our bodies are so phenomenal. They really, you know, I'm fascinated. I'm truly fascinated by what we are able to do, what our bodies are able to do. And for me, I think about the, the years, the, the decades that I've put my body through this back and forth relationship of love and hate based on what, what it looked like. And the love that I have now versus the love that I had when I thought it was love because it was a certain size. And in truth, I wasn't in love with it. I thought it should have been smaller still. The love that I have for my body today, it is about respect. I respect what my body does for me. I, re I love and admire that even as my body changes, when I show up on the days where I want to get real sweaty, when I really want to challenge myself, my body will show up. It does. I have such a love and respect for my body because even though I have spent hours and days and years tearing it apart, it still shows up for me. It still makes me feel good when I, you know, put on a really nice outfit or get my, my nails done or, or do my hair or whatever. It still shows up for me. And it's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm still at here. your back. Here. Exactly. Here, exactly. Right? Exactly. I think, you know, some of the recent conversations I've had with people around that self-love definition, that's what's shifted for me so much is when I can equate it to that relationship and the deep love, the real love, the true love that's lasting, that's what's important to me. That's where I feel that, you know, for, for many people, if I can help you get to that respect and appreciation piece, oftentimes anything physical that you would care to do that maybe your body physically can't do for you right now, that will come. Because even as you're talking about the stress and, um, you know, the just everything that comes from the internal conflict between the way that we look and the way that we see ourselves, that in itself holds so much tension that your body can't possibly do what you would love for it to do when it's so busy just trying to hold itself together for you, right? So releasing and just being like, you know what? I respect you. I don't have to love every square inch of you. I respect you. I trust exactly. you. Yes. Right? It's a different yes. type of love. It's a different way to see yourself. And all of a sudden you can let your shoulders down when you start to feel that trust in your body and that respect for your body. And from that releasing of the stress associated with a certain number, a size or a, a weight, um, a lot of times people find that their bodies physically will change. Not to say that they've lost anything or gained anything or anything like that, but in the, in the body's ability to do certain things will often change just because you've released, you've put down that weight of, I'm supposed to be like this. Otherwise, I'm not good enough. As soon as you can put that weight down, whew, you are powerful. Exactly. And that's, you know, when we talk about weight loss, that's really all it is, you know, like the weight that is lifted off of your shoulders, when you take that pressure off of yourself, that really means absolutely nothing. I love the analogy that you've used in, you know, comparing 
the love that you have for yourself with the love that you would have for a spouse or a partner or your child or your best friend. And you, you love those people unconditionally, regardless of how they look or what size they are, or, you know, um, how much they're eating, or if they choose to have dessert or any of these things, you love them unconditionally and you support them through whatever it is. And you help them meet their needs and, and, and be there for them. And I think when we can really do this for ourselves, then we're even better in showing up for those that we love. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, I speak about self-love a lot and, and in creating balance, it really starts within. And this is one aspect of that, but when you can show yourself love in terms of the image that you hold of yourself in terms of releasing, you know, the stress that's, you know, related to your body image, then it really just opens up so much more and, um, focusing solely on things that really are so menial really perpetuates more of the bad stuff, the negative stuff, the stuff that's causing us stress. Whereas when we can really look to acceptance, awareness, and love, then, you know, it's a whole new ball game. And, and I love how you're, you're showing this and really living this and helping others do the same. It's, it's really incredible to see. So let's, let's take action today. Let's, let's, you know, let's make a change for the better. A lot of the people who are listening are busy working parents or, you know, people with full schedules juggling a lot. What can we start doing today? right now? What can we do to lessen the stress we feel about our body and our self-image? What would you say, or what advice would you give to our listeners who want to improve the way they feel about themselves? Maybe aren't sure exactly where to start. Let's, let's give them some pointers right now today. What can we do? Uh, so we've touched on it a little bit, but the awareness piece of, of just actually doing, you know, taking a minute and, and allowing the thoughts when you think about your body, allowing the thoughts that immediately kind of instinctively come up, allowing them to come out, not pushing them away, but just being aware of them. And then from there deciding, do I want to believe this? Is this true for me? Do I want to believe this about myself? And deciding in that moment, it's a yes or no. Do I want to believe this about myself? And if the answer is no, what is that new belief? What is that way that you want to see yourself? And choosing that as your affirmation, choosing that as something that you repeat to yourself as many times as you can throughout the day. And I used to, this was something that really helped me. I used to make sticky notes of the affirmations that I would want to repeat. And I would put them everywhere where I would see them very regularly. So whether it was in the car, by my bed, in the bathroom, in the fridge, all the places I would see them regularly. And as soon as I would see that affirmation, whether it was, I am strong, I am smart, whatever it is, I would see it and I would say it out loud. So I was kind of getting all the senses involved. Now that'll take a little bit of time in terms of writing it out and putting them them everywhere. But once you do, if you get into that habit, the repetition of really being like, I am beautiful, I am strong, I am so powerful, I'm determined, I'm consistent, I am capable whatever those things are, when that inner dialogue starts to come up and you notice it, because you will start to notice it more often now that you're aware of it, you can say, no, I don't choose that. 
that is not reflective of who I am. I am this person. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am capable, all those things. And you can start to replace the, that inner dialogue. Uh, the other thing that I would just say, because I said it before, is that movement is energy giving. It is life giving. It is a feel good for every single person. And you do not need 60 minutes. You don't need 30 minutes. You could take five minutes or less and just move your body in any way that feels good. If that means you put on your favorite song in your kitchen and you have a three minute dance party, do that. Do it with your kids, do it with your dog. Do it by yourself. Maybe you want to, to really break it down and you don't want anyone to witness it. Take the few minutes and just release. Sometimes that is a, um, you know, a higher intense style of movement. Sometimes that is going out for a walk. Sometimes that's just standing up nice and tall, letting the shoulders drop down from your ears, opening up your palms to the sides and just being and breathing in that moment. To me, that is still movement. That is still intention in the body and you don't need a lot of time to do that where you can just reconnect to yourself and you know it's in those those small pockets of time and i understand you know we all have so many things that we're juggling we really really do and we'll continue to have that so if it's a priority for you to feel good in your body make it a priority to feel good in your body take 2 minutes and just walk around the block or have that dance party or stretch or whatever it is that feels good for you. Create those small pockets of time, include your kids in it. If that's something that, you know, helps to tire them out before bed, include them in that time as well. Make it really effective and efficient for you. And you will get that endorphin release in those couple of minutes and you'll be able to connect in your body and your body is going to tell you, I like this. I promise you, your body's going to be like, I like how this feels. This is exactly, yeah. exactly. Yes. Thank you. And really with the mindset of I'm, I'm going to move because it feels good. And I want to feel good with no other strings attached to it. Right. right? And that's really how the momentum builds. And then, and then it really takes a hold of itself. And something that I, that just occurred to me, you know, um, we often talk about feeling grateful, practicing gratitude, um, writing down that list of what you're grateful for. Can let's, let's do this for our bodies, regardless of our ability or our capabilities or, you know, how we can move today. What are we grateful for when it comes to, you know, this, this whole magnificent self that we are and really just focus it because maybe sometimes it might be too hard to go from the mindset of constantly criticizing yourself or thinking that you're not enough to, I am so beautiful and I'm the best. Maybe that's too much right at first, even though it's completely true that you are beautiful, you are the best. It's so true. But if that's maybe a few too many steps ahead in, in your journey, what can you be grateful for? I know that everyone has features and maybe you don't want to feel superficial or you don't want to admit it out loud, but to yourself, you know, you've got it going on. There are some amazing things about you that you can recognize today. What is it? Write it down and say it to yourself. And it builds just like any form of gratitude builds. 
Um, and, and what you're doing is so amazing for, for those of us who want to stay in this mind space to, um, be part of a community that is so positive, so engaging, and really is there to see you thrive from that perspective and from everything we've talked about. I know that your movement membership has so many opportunities and so many possibilities within it. You can join the membership, right, Leanne? So um, your website is secondskinsociety.com. Second is spelled with a K though, S-E-K-O-N-D, skinsociety.com. So I'm, there's information there if you want to join. Um, you're on Instagram. Yes. So you can look up Second Skin Society on Instagram. And for individuals, there's a movement membership. If you're listening and you are, you know, a leader within your organization or you're in charge of workplace wellness, there are many corporate opportunities that you, um, I'm sure, can um, speak to a little bit further. Um, So really visit the website, check you out on Instagram. Leanne, it has been such an honor chatting with you today. Thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Oh my goodness. It was so fun to chat with you. And I love every opportunity to help people to think in just a little bit of a different way. I told you before, we are going to change the way the fitness industry is and the way society is. And it's one person sharing one thing at a time. And I just appreciate you giving this opportunity to, to use your platform to help spread the love. Oh, thank you so much, Leanne. Thank you so much for tuning into the Juggle is Real podcast. And thank you for listening to the second installment of our Hidden Stressor series. One more thing that I wanted to mention is that if you are interested in learning more and trying out a movement membership with Second Skin Society, and you are part of the Mamas for Mamas community, or you would like to be, they are offering a limited time $15 three-month membership. And that includes all of the range of movement, all of the styles, the workshops that serve every age and stage of life, all abilities and every preference. The membership includes the library of classes that is available on demand, live virtual classes, nutritional resources, live virtual cooking classes, one-on-one coaching support, workshops for educational resources, community connection, support, and accountability. Again, that is $15 for a three-month trial membership to learn more and to try out the Second Skin Society movement membership. You can find that on the Mamas for Mamas Instagram page, uh, or send me a DM on Instagram and I can connect you directly with that. Again, it's been such a pleasure. Please feel free to rate this episode, write a review, or share with a friend who you think could use some body positivity and a better focus on how to see themselves. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take good care.